Hey guys, I'm here with Aram Gazarian, and we are going to talk about how he got into being a real estate agent. Welcome to the 5 a.m. Hustle podcast. So first, I kind of want to let you speak and just share how you grew up, how you got into real estate, and just how you got to where you are now. Gotcha. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me on, as always. <laughs> of course. So, so I grew up, I'm an immigrant, so I grew up in Armenia, and I moved here at nine years old. And then from there, you know, immigrant mentality, all that comes into play. And then when I was, I suppose, I think I was 19, but I made a decision that I want to be in real estate. But leading up to that, I've always had like an itch to sell something, right? I was always creative about the way I made money. So for me, I was actually selling like anything I can get my hands on in my house. You know, like, I don't know if you follow Gary Vee, but he's always Yeah, like, I love Gary. I love Gary. That whole sell your junk, I took it to a whole nother level. Once I was done with my junk, I started selling other people's junk. So mm. I was like, hey, you got a basement full of stuff. Let me sell it. And I'll keep like 10%, 20%, whatever the cut is, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm making $5, $10. And as you get older, from like 17 to 18, 19, I, you don't want to do as much for like $10, $10 anymore, right? At least for me. So I moved on to like furniture and electronics, you know, a little bit bigger items. And then eventually the cars. And then once I hit that, I was like, all right, I got to go to the next most expensive thing. And, uh, you know, long story short, it, it led me to real estate because I always wanted to own my own business, but I'd never really had the capital because mm -hmm. I was young. Yeah. And when I discovered it really only cost like $1,800 cash up front to get a real estate license and kind of hit the ground running. I was like, that's it. Yeah. I don't even have to be an engineer anymore because I was going to college to study being yeah. an engineer. I'm like, I found my passion. We're ready to go. So uh, that's the long story short. That's how, I, that's how I'm here. So what was your first exposure to real estate? Like, did someone bring you into it? Did you just stumble upon it? How did that go? So here's how I did it. So for me, I, because I, I come from a poor country, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't grow up rich. I always wanted to be wealthy so I could take care of my family, retire my mom and all those things, right? Mm -hmm. So my ultimate goal was to be wealthy. So I'm like, all right, let's, let me just look at a lot of, you know, wealthy people on YouTube, you know, reading some books, et cetera. And one way or another, man, I figured out that everyone is somehow involved in real estate, right? So that's when I realized ah, I got This is an industry I should maybe look into on the investing side, right? So I was like, okay, so eventually once I make enough money, it looks like I have to invest it if I want to multiply it. And then I'm like, hold on, real estate. I used to sell things, right? I'm like, hold on. What does a real estate agent do? They're their own business. Okay. And that's where I, that's where I started digging into it at like 18, 19, yeah. uh, like being a broker. And I completely forgot about the investing because I fell in love with the broker side. Uh, that's kind of, so I introduced it to myself on accident. And then from there, you know, as soon as you start watching one video about real estate. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's insane, man. Yeah. So I've actually watched quite a bit of your content. I've gone through like your different vlogs, your videos, whatever. I appreciate that. And yeah. And my, my favorite video is when you talk about like your first year. And so because uh, this is more aimed at younger people i want you to talk about what it's like because you've done those multiple things you've done it with uh content creation with starting on tiktok youtube right. instagram and just real estate in general what is it like starting day one week one and how do you how do you face that how do you start okay so it's extremely overwhelming man because you think like the second you get your license you're going to be ready to go until like it's monday and you got to go to work and you're in bed until like 10 30. Mm -hmm. So for me, I couldn't switch from that because I, I, I had that side hustle mode, but I could never switch it to that main mode like right away. There was a little bit of a delay for me. So it took me about three weeks to kind of get my mind together and actually get to work on a consistent basis. Because in the, in the beginning, you get overwhelmed by so much you don't know. And then when you try to learn everything, then you get crippled by the fact that you still don't know. Yeah. Right? But the reality is you're only going to learn from doing and it took me about three weeks to stop learning and thinking and just doing. So that was when I started as a young dude with no life experience. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things I struggled with. Yeah. Like when I saw your video, you were saying how it took you a few weeks to make your first cold call. Yep. And, and I, I can somewhat relate to that because I did it a little bit um, with my coach who does a little bit of uh, real estate investing as well. And he was trying to get me to do it. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, what if they just say no? And he's like, it's going to happen. It's going to. It's going to happen over and over again. That's just what the business right. is. No one's going to say yes 24-7. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people, 
they all they see is the glam and the glitz of real estate and how it can make you so much money and all that right things when they need to see the potential and they need to see the reality which i think is a large part that's so important man i always try to explain to people like my first paycheck in real estate was a really good paycheck right but it didn't come until the sixth month in the business so it took six months of three hours a day a whole lot of no's and a lot of pain to get that you know i think it was it was almost seventeen thousand dollar paycheck but obviously due to splits we didn't really keep all that that's logistics but it was a good amount of money, but it came six months down the line. So you're so right on that. It takes time. You just got to deal with it. And, and real estate, um, being an agent was a, is one of those things where it's not, uh, I've seen you talk about this, where it's not that nine to five where you're guaranteed this money is that you get, right. you reap what you sow basically. And so it's basically like owning your own business because you control how much you make. And many people are afraid because they don't know what they're going to make and they don't want to make the call and they, but they need to provide for their family. So it's a very interesting dilemma. I want you to talk about um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable because it seems like it's a common theme within your content. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I get random moments of anxiety, like random, like for example, let's say I do this interview and I'm fine. I might do another interview and be, I can barely speak. <laughs> right. So I'll have those moments. So, when I realized that I'm in, like, that's the type of person I am, I started, like, putting myself in those moments a little bit more often and forcing myself to stay there because that develops me as an individual. Now, let's, let's, fast, let's go back into my third week in the business, right? That's when I, I think it was, yeah, three weeks, three and a half weeks in where I was about to sit there and make that first phone call. It took, dude, I think I got in the office at, like, 10 a.m. Didn't make that first dial till one. What I was doing for three hours, no idea. But it's like the consistency of just, it just built like a tolerance to it, man. Yeah. Like on a negative, if you drink enough alcohol every day, all of a sudden you're just going to stop getting drunk or, or it's going to take a little bit more. Uh -huh. Right. So that's what it was. So as soon as you get into the feeling where you're getting uncomfortable every day, doing more things outside your comfort zone become easier and easier. Mm -hmm. So it's like a win-win on both fronts. Yeah. Do you, do you find any ways to, to practice that notion outside of your job at all? Just wondering. Uh, so here's the thing. My job is 24 seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything I do is, is get technically for my job. I guess when I started the videos, that was one thing, but, uh, let's see. Yeah. So just in life. I mean, I guess the videos really help out a lot. Talking to complete strangers when I'm out, I'll try to do that. You know, if we're at a party and I don't know this individual, I'll try to go and try to make small talk. I'm so bad at small talk. I just, it's so boring to me, right? But I got to get better at it. So now when I'm going to like events, parties or whatever, I try to meet new people who I don't know and just have a little small talk, see what they're about and go from there. So that's one real life example. Yeah, I think that some people, they try to just stay in their comfort zone all the time. And it's very difficult to obviously improve if you're doing that. And one of the things that I've uh, talked about in one of my episodes is that you should do things that are hard and uncomfortable just because, because you need to. And, and one of the things is go up to people and talk to them. And cold calling is probably the most prime example of that. Calling someone that doesn't know that they're answering, they don't yep. know who you are, and you're selling them something. And it's and sometimes they're, they're very upset, like this yep. morning. <laughs> uh -huh. It's it's why people get very mad uh, during cold calls. It's it seems kind of crazy. So what I. I always have this type of question because this is also a podcast that's about entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. So what made you start to create your content? Cause I've, I found you on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, but you're on uh, YouTube and Instagram as well. What made you start to move to that field? Well, the, the reality, the real answer is I'm an attention whore. That's the real answer. But when I got into real estate, so I was feel so stupid for doing this. I completely shut out. If you go back to my Instagram, you'll see that there's a certain gap in 2017 that there's just nothing exists in that gap because mm -hmm. I was so zoned in on just calling and doing that every day, right? So I didn't really focus on the social media side. But then once I started seeing the potential in it and how easy it makes my life as, I guess, an entrepreneur, right? As somebody who's self-employed and who needs to get business on a daily basis to survive, I was like, okay, all right, there's something here. And I'm a naturally creative person. So I started just, you know, joking around in my captions, having a little bit of fun with it, sharing my experience. So that was the Instagram. And then from there, I think my next platform was, uh, was YouTube. But uh, I made that video about my first year. And then if you notice, again, there's a huge gap. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, let me, let me try it out. 
And then I noticed it was getting a lot of traction. And I was like, you know what? It'd be a shame to let this opportunity go to waste because it said, I think it was at like 3,000 views, right? And I've never yeah. had a video of 3,000 views. And I was like, you know what? People seem to be interested, but they have nothing else to see. You know, the key in, uh, you, once you draw people in, you got to give them something to see, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let me, I was reading Crush It, I think, at the time. Yeah. Or Crushing It by Gary, uh, Gary V. And he was like, are you about to whip out the book? Got it right here. Oh, man. Crush it, book, man. Amazing book, man. Amazing and I was thinking, book, yeah. it goes like, in, I, what I liked about that book is it was giving me real, like, real life, not, not BS, real life scenarios of people doing it and having a lot of success with it, yeah. right? And it was a point in my career, like when I made that video, uh, my first year recap video, mm -hmm. that was a point where I could not, if you put a gun to my head, I could not get on the phone. Man. It was so hard to that point. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, I got to look at alternative ways because if I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'll shoot myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, I developed a new love for it. But that's what happened at the time. And then I, I read that book. I'm like, you know what? Let me invest in this. And then I right away, I'm like, you know what? The video is going to hold me accountable to do the work. If I don't do work, I got nothing to film. So that's where the yeah. vlogs came up from, right? Like yeah. Every day on a Monday, and I did it on a Monday for a reason, because I wanted to start my week off strong, right? Okay. So I would do one vlog a day, and then, I'm sorry, one vlog a week, and then I would do one informative, or at the time, I didn't really have much knowledge, so more like a sharing my experience video. Mm -hmm. And then it just, I got, it got easier and easier and easier to make these videos over time, man. And then TikTok, so Gary Vee, he's, he's like, get on TikTok. I get on TikTok. I consumed it for like, I realized it's a real game changer when I was on it for, at 4 a.m. I'm like, oh, it's 4 a.m. And then at 5 a.m. I see Gary Vee. I'm like, oh, I'm still on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> so I noticed some trends. I hopped on a couple. My fourth video actually took off. So then my fifth. And then I, that's probably when like a lot of traffic came into my uh, TikTok. And then uh, that's where that is right now. Yeah. I think something that's very important for people to notice is that when you started creating content, people think that I need something very notable to talk about. But Gary Vee talks about this all the time, the importance of documentation. Like you're not going to be a master of your craft. You're not going to be like the most interesting person in the world and have these amazing things to talk about all the time. But if you show people that want to start right. how to go through like day to day, like you're, I, I love watching your vlogs because they show what goes on each and every day. So it's, it's very easy. It's very digestible and people don't always want to see the person who's 10 years down the line. They want to see the person that's a few years ahead of them in order to relate to them a lot more. And too many people think that they have to wait till they're much farther down the road than start documenting. Oh man. I wish, I wish I recorded that first three weeks when I got into business, because if you look up on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. Like, videos about an agent in their first year and not many exist that have not really like 20 million a year, 30 million a year, make 200,000. My first, those exist. Right. Mm -hmm. But those are like anomalies. So when I was, you know, my first year was over, I'm like, damn, I, I was, I was, I was wanting to make uh 250,000. I ended up with like 23. Mm -hmm. It sucks, man. Yeah. So I'm like, let me share this experience. Cause you know, if 88% of people are failing in the industry. Then more people are in my shoes than they are in that guy's shoes who's making two hundred thousand. And when I'm making twenty three, I don't see two hundred thousand. I see fifty. <laughs> and like you said, I can relate to that. So I wanted to kind of the purpose behind it was to show you guys show myself grow over time okay. and then kind of show you the low points and not only to show you when I close the deal, but show you when I when I mess up. Right? Mm -hmm. I have a couple of videos. Honestly, my videos where I'm messing up and I'm failing to get the most views. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah but that struggle gets the you know gets more attention because it's more relatable like you said mm -hmm. and that's key how do you think uh you keep mentioning because real estate's a very hard business to get into right. how do how does the struggle how do you like figure it out how to get over it because i think a lot of people when they when something negative happens or they hit a wall they don't reach a goal they get right. very like negative about it how do you stay positive because you very well are taking some sort of loss each and every day, whether it's a Today it was a negative, big negative. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, I have two philosophies on it. One I recently learned because I'm learning as I go, right? And one is to not worry about the results, but you got to do the actions. If you just go mind numb and just do the actions, I swear to God, the results just show up out of thin air, right? 
It may not even be like, like I'm cold calling, but I'm also getting business from like Facebook and I don't do any Facebook ads right now, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm cold calling like a madman and I'm not even worried about anything and this keeps me in a zone. So when, when you do the actions and you're not tying those actions to a result, that way you cannot be discouraged. For example, today I talked to 68 people today, bro. I cold called for three hours, 68 people. 67 of those people said no and one said maybe in a year and a half right but if every day i'm trying to talk to like seven people who are interested in moving today would be a very discouraging day yeah. right so i focus on the actions and the only things i track are the things i can control like the number of dials or the number of contacts those are the kind of goals i set for myself and then the, this thing this helps helped me a lot is to stop thinking sometimes you can be too smart for your own good and one of my biggest you know skill sets is that i am stupid at heart, I'm naive and I'm stupid. I don't think too much. I just go, right? So when I got into real estate, it's maybe in a bad idea to jump in with only 3,700 bucks and then go broke two months later. But I didn't think about two months later. I just wanted to work, mm -hmm. right? So stop thinking about it. Even right now, if I start thinking, it all goes to hell. So I just, just focus. Actions and then the results you can control. Yeah, you, you talk about actions. And I feel like too many people try to plan for what's going to happen. But in reality, if, when you over plan, you always miss stuff because you don't know how it's going to actually go down. And so it, I feel like it makes it so much worse. Yep. Yep. Just do the action and wing it. <laughs> Results will come no matter what. If you, and then here's the key. You have to do, be doing enough action. And this is something I learned. I don't know if you saw the most recent video. Is where there is a little... There's a point right there where if, you, if you're just doing a little bit, it's going to take you forever to gain a lot of success, right? But yeah. if you do a lot at the same, at like all at once, then you're going to be able to, like, for example, uh, the one I made was, I was, my goal was 20 contacts a day. Pre-corona, yeah. my goal was 20 contacts a day, right? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is while I'm t talking to 20 people a day, if I had talked to 60 people a day, I would have fast-tracked to how fast I could have gone to that individual who was interested, but now it took me seven months longer to get to him and he's no longer, he's already sold and he's moved on with his life. Mm -hmm. When you do that math and you actually do more uh, than what the average is, then that's where you see a lot more results come in. Yeah. And I, I was listening to someone, I forget who it was, but they said every no is just another person that you don't need to worry about. Like, like <laughs> Oh my God. I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's because you don't have to call them again because they said no. Like maybe you like maybe you reprocess them in a few years, but as of right now, they're a no, so they're off your list. So I, I really like that, that, that mindset. And love, that's a great quote. I'm, I'm yeah. using that for sure. You'll All see right. that in the soon. <laughs> awesome. So I saw that you do Muay Thai. So what's the, what's the purpose behind this? Is it for? So I, I kind of, I've always had a, like an affinity for like the fight, like fighting sport, you know, yeah. fighting sport, yeah. boxing or mm -hmm. kickboxing, whatever. It's just been interesting to me. And then when I, but it's always been super expensive, like $150, $200 a month. And I'm self-employed. I'm losing money every day. Right? Yeah. So, uh, and then I just came across one of my clients, one of my attorney's clients uh, who ended up being my client somehow it led me to finding a trainer and it was like super affordable. So I'm like, why let's do it. And then day one, I was in love, man. It's like a, it's like a fast paced game of chess with the human body. Yeah. And it, it, your mental has to be, listen, you are not worried about rejection when you're about to be punched in the face. I love and that. like your mind goes somewhere else, man. Because yeah. when you're like geared up, right? And you're just yeah. focused on, you know, doing whatever it is that you do. You're not worried about that deal that's falling through. Because I've had situations where I'm walking into the gym and I'm on the phone and the deal is literally falling apart, uh -huh. right? I hang up and I'm gone for an hour and a half. I don't yeah. even care. Mm -hmm. And then I come back. So that's why I really like it because it's a good like clocking out mode. Yeah, because because uh, you were saying that you don't stress, you get frustrated. But I feel like okay. having something like Muay Thai, where if you overthink or if you're worried, you're just gonna get hit in the face and you're gonna get hurt. It literally, exactly right. Yep. Yeah. And that, this happened a couple times. Yeah. So I think I, I think that mindset is, works for you, <laughs> say the least. I can't believe you, you caught on to that. Very few people know I do Muay Thai. So you did your research, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I did. So uh, I, I want to get kind of your, your take on what's important for people. Uh, you, and you can talk to your experience in real estate. 
yeah. when they're getting started. Cause I feel like a lot of people are just lost or they don't know like uh, what training to do, uh, like how much money to spend on themselves. Uh, yeah. Do they need certain habits in place? What do they need to start? So, I mean, this is going to sound a little cliche, but work ethic, you do need work ethic, but at the same time you have to, at some point you have to stop doing the research mm-hmm. and find out for yourself what you want to do. Right. Yeah. So what I mean by that, and like I'm in real estate, every day I open my phone, there's somebody telling me that I could do, I can get more business a lot easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Or use this to get this or Facebook ads got me this many clients, this, that, and the other. So there's so many like ways to get business that if you start chasing all of them at once, you're going you're gonna to be mediocre at all of them and get no results. And then you're going to be, you know, depleting all your money and you're going to be broke. You're going to have to quit. You're going to be forced to quit. So what I would recommend is when I started, I just, if cold calling is what I chose, I stuck to cold calling. For a year, I didn't make any changes. So if somebody, if you're a young person out there, what I would recommend is the only benefit you have, right, advantage you have over somebody like that's been in the business for 10 years and has the knowledge, you have the time, right? Even right now, if you're a new agent and I'm three years in, you simply have more time in a day than I do, right? Before Corona, <laughs> you know, after 12 o'clock, I had either on showings that take me forever or I was on the phone with clients or I had to get back to text messages. So it takes a lot of time, even for me, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're new, you got to take advantage of all that time that's doing nothing for you, but just focusing in one place. Don't spread it out in like 70 different places where you're doing Instagram ads, Facebook ads, trying to build a face, uh, you know, like a LinkedIn uh, platform. Now you're on TikTok, YouTube, and then you do mailers and then you door knock and then you, it's too much, you know, mm-hmm. focus in and just get really good at a couple things. So, so what you're saying is that you should master one craft. And then once you master the craft, that'll get you in business. You can right. try other things to get past where you already are. Exactly. Take it one at a time, learn one thing, be good at it, get business. And then once you handle that, then you could add another pillar and another pillar. That's the way I did it. Uh, my first year was cold calling. Then I went social media and then I came back to cold calling and then I'm doing both at the same time. Okay. And I, I heard you say that sales and experience is like the best thing you can have. Why do you think that? So like experience and sales and whatnot. Because generally experience is going to be the best training, best lessons you're going to learn. It's going to be from experience because I mean, there's things I didn't even know to learn <laughs> until I experienced them in the field, right? Mm-hmm. And then sales is very, very important because I don't want to use sales really means communication, right? Yeah. And when you're, in, especially if you're a real estate agent, or I guess if you're in any business, you have to have a lot of tough conversations where if you have employees, those are going to be tough convos. Or if you're like me and I have to convince a seller that the price he wants for his house is going to cost him 50K. But if we just price it over here, he's going to make $20,000 more than he's already expecting, right? Mm-hmm. So I, gotta be, I have to learn to have those conversations with people. Or when I'm on the phones, my sales skills is kind of what allows me to talk to that person a little bit longer and figure out if they're actually interested in selling or is this a, like a dead lead, right? A yeah. no that I don't have to worry about. Yeah. So sales is very, very important because it helps in so many avenues. And if you know, one business doesn't work out, and if you know sales, It'll work out in the next business. Okay. Do you think that people who are just starting out should invest in something like a coach? Do they should get their feet wet? And after they make a little money, they should invest um, into coaching, training, et cetera. So this is something I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure on what the answer is. So I could tell you from my experience, the way I did it was my third week in the business. Uh, I think the reason why I've actually made those calls is because I, uh, I signed up for this course for like a thousand bucks. It was like, it was by Kevin Ward for any real estate agent uh, watching. And it was teaching you how to do cold calls, what to say, what the script is. And that education really helped me out a lot because as a, as a business owner, no one's really going to teach you how to run your business. So I think educating yourself on the craft is very important, but at the same time, I don't recommend dumping all your money in like a mentor who needs $500 a month from you and like active coaching. Buying a course is totally fine. You know, gaining knowledge, watching these YouTube videos, watching these interviews. That's what I really recommend. Educate yourself, but don't blow all, all your money on courses. Because at the end of the day, whoever's selling you a course, right? Let's say, I'll give you an example of Ricky Carruth, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a course, but that's, uh, that's because he actually sells real estate. Yeah. So if somebody is more focused on selling a course than what you're doing, 
that's not the person you want to learn from. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I hope that answers that question. No, it does. It does. Thank you. I, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and focus more on uh, kind of what I told you before we started, and talk about more qualities, habits, and stuff like that. So first, I want to ask you, right. uh, what's your morning routine like? What do you think that you have to do in the morning to set yourself up for success throughout the day? So I got to get up at five. Between five to five thirty is my prime time. Right. Perfect. It goes perfect with the name of the podcast. So we love that. Oh yeah. Five, five yeah. Plan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got to get up at, at 5 a.m. The reason I, I did this when I, in my first year, I would find every reason for to procrastinate, but I figured if I just wake up early enough, I'm eventually going to get bored of procrastinating. And by nine o'clock I'll be on the phone as usual. Right. So I get up five to five 30. Uh, most days it's around five 15 if I'm being honest. And then I get me a cup of coffee. I was actually, I never drank coffee before I got in real estate and started waking up early, but I have a dry throat almost every morning. So that coffee really helps me out. And then I read. I don't really like audiobooks as much because I keep zoning out. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'll just sit there and I'll read. Uh, I used to read like personal development and self-help books, but they're yeah. all boring to me, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all saying the same thing. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, I think I'm good mentally. I want to, I want like skills I can apply today. So sales, marketing, branding, uh, you know, people's stories. There's a lot you can learn from people's stories. So those are the type of books I read. And then that's around five to uh, 6 a.m. is when that happens. And then from six, like 6.30, I'm getting ready to leave my house. I'm usually at the office by seven. This is a perfect day, keep in mind. And then uh, by my first year, between seven to nine, I was practicing, getting my list together. And then by nine o'clock, I was on the phones. Now it's a little bit different. I get in the office, I start filming and I start looking up houses for buyers and then uh, kind of start setting myself up for the day and I start calling around 10. Okay. And since we're on the subject, what are, what do you think that are like your top three books that you think someone uh, interested in business or just bettering themselves in general should read? So the number one book, and I refer to this book as my Bible. Okay. This, this book will take the, uh, the spot for place number one and two. That's how valuable I think it is. And that's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, I believe. Yeah. Um, I bought that book for a couple of my friends just, just because I think it's such a good book. And what I love most about it, again, it gives you real life examples. And I was actually reading that book while I was trying to close my first deal. And there were a lot of complications with my first deal. So when I was reading that book, it was like, all right, how to handle this? I'm like, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. It worked. So, uh, that's book number one and two, but let's say that just to give you more options. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I read so many, I even forget them. Let's see. I guess you could say a real estate book that I really like if you're an agent is called the uh, Burr Method. There's a lot of technical things about real estate yeah. that you got to know. And I think that book really sums things up for you. And then the other that's, book. Wait, that's by. Uh, bigger pockets. I don't know. If yeah, bigger know. pockets. Yeah, I listen to bigger pockets. So it's buy, refinance. No, buy. Can you say that? What that means for everybody? So it's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What will be number? I can't really come up with number three because there's a few books out there, and I don't even remember reading these books. That's the thing. I'll read them. I get the knowledge, and then I'll forget about it. Yeah, yeah. But I will. I will find out what that third one is. But as a as a placeholder. Let's say it's going to be the book, A Million Dollar Listing by Gary Keller. Okay. I'm sorry. How to Be a Million Dollar Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. It's like this thick, man. It's the first book I ever read. So I, I know you said the statistic earlier of uh, how, what percent of people in real estate are at this point failing. Right. And I want to know what do you think the qualities are of the people that exceed that, that are successful? So it all comes down to like, how long are you going to be able to stay in business? Because if you stay in business long enough with, and you're consistent with the work, eventually you're going to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're lucky enough where you have like seven relatives or seven friends and family to move in your first year, and that leads to more business down the line. So that's a little bit, that's very rare, right? In most cases, the people who I see succeeding the most are the ones who actually, and I mean literally, work like 10, 20, uh, 10 to 14 hours a day and they're actually working. None of this, like I'm sitting in the office, I'm trying to figure out how to get business cards set up or magnets. 
Oh, it's a pet peeve of mine, man. When people order a thousand magnets, I, I go crazy. Like, what are you doing? Just talk to a thousand people. Why do you need a thousand magnets? You know, yeah. like, just like jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I just see the gap is the people who have the obviously the most skill, but at the same time, put in the most work uh, are definitely going to succeed. And whoever can last the longest will also uh, benefit from that as well. Yeah. One of the things that I really latched on that you, t- that you talked about in your videos is that you hate being average. And I can relate to this so much because I think, yeah, media, <laughs> mediocrity is for so many people is just comfortable. They don't have to try too hard. They don't have to stand out. Right. And I, in many things that I do, I want to be as close to the best as I can be. And so what does that, what does that principle really mean to you? So for me, like I get a sick feeling to my stomach if I feel like I'm not doing what I should be doing. So for example, um, if I wake up, that's, there's days I just feel lazy and, I'm, and I don't make the calls I need to make. I don't uh, talk to the people I should. I don't send the emails that I should. And I, and I know that's not good for me. And that's really the reason why I would fail. That puts a really sick feeling to my stomach and I start hating myself for being, quote, in my own head, a loser and a bum for not doing the work that I said to myself I would do. Right. Mm-hmm. So once and on days I'm actually doing the work. Like today, I feel great because I talk to more people. I've never, I've never talked to 68 people, man. Today, however, is a new record. So I feel good today. So h- how do you get yourself out of when you're kind of in that slump where you're not doing the work you need to do? I, I stop thinking and I get into it. Uh, I try to because my mind tries to tell me that I, the day's over. Yeah. We'll try again tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow yeah. is a new day. Yeah. I don't wait till tomorrow. I just do it today. Whatever it is, like if it's, let's say it's four o'clock and I've been procrastinating all day and I've been trying to make these, these just like 80 calls, right? I'll just bang them out. Whether they're good, bad, ugly, I'll just bang it out and I'll feel so much better uh, about myself for doing that work. You know, just do something that day to be productive and yeah. that'll, that'll flip you right out of it. Yeah. Uh, D- David Goggins always says, lace them up. He says, lace them up and go for a run because he's obviously a big running guy. He's Navy right. And I, whatever it is that you do, I kind of resonate with that because too many people, they're thinking about what's going to go wrong, thinking about how much work they're going to do instead of doing the work and they get all this anxiety or stress about how awful it's going to be. When in reality, when you look back, when you did it, it was like, oh, it wasn't that bad after all. Exactly right. And every time it's been like that feeling, wasn't so bad after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I want you to shed some light on some of the habits that you've had to form in order to uh, help yourself throughout this, these few years that you've been in business. So number one was waking up early. Uh, I am a night owl and I naturally am with this. When this quarantine started and it was the, it's what my mind was waiting for to give me an excuse to stay till 2am or 3am and just binge on Netflix, whatever I got to do. So one habit I had to switch quick was to wake up early. That's huge. Because when you're up, man, first and foremost, nobody's up at 5 a.m. Very few. Only, honestly, only the real ones are yep. up at 5 a.m. Hence the podcast name. Right? <laughs> so if, when you're up that early, there's infinitely less distraction. Nobody's texting you. No emails have come in yet. So that gives you time to kind of figure yourself out and then start your day. It's very calm. So mm-hmm. I like it. So I, I, I think waking up early was a huge benefit for me. I started reading. Um, that's another thing. And I started developing, developing myself as an individual on this, uh, on the skill set side of things. Yeah. Because if you had talked to 21 year old there who just got his real estate license, the only good thing you could say about me was that I was ambitious, right? That's yeah. it. And maybe, maybe a decent natural communicator, but that's not, not saying much, right? Yeah. So over the last three years, I, you know, what's really helped me out a lot is to constantly develop myself as an individual and add like new skills to my tool belt because whether real estate works out or maybe I get bored of this industry and I move on to something else, my skills stay with me. Right. And Mm -hmm. as you're learning and have those skills, one thing you have to be in business is someone that pivots quick. Right. Mm -hmm. For example, when this, what a great example, (laughs) when this coronavirus thing happened and we're all quarantined, right. And our closings are being delayed. You know, problems are coming up that we never anticipated having you have to learn how to pivot right mm-hmm. now a market crash is coming and I'm not one of those agents who's got 30 deals in the pipeline. And I can, I can live a year or two struggling. I'm not that guy. I need, I need to, I need to close deals to feed my family. Right. Mm-hmm. So learning how to pivot on like in a moment's notice and not have to like stall for long 
is key. And when you have all the skills like in your tool belt, let's say maybe social media is great for the last year or two, which has been great, right? Mm -hmm. But now cold calling is much better because, dude, I called three hours today and I got to the 68 people. That doesn't happen. On a regular day, before the Rona, if I call three hours, if I can get 35 people to pick up the phone in those three hours, the best day of my life. Yeah. Right? But now everyone's home, so I have to pivot from making, you know, 20 calls a day to we have to go for 40 a day, 40 contacts, right? Mm -hmm. And then now I actually have been over 40 every day. It's like uh, as you do it, it becomes easier and easier. And then you just kind of like that, that mark just moves up, right? For like what, how much you can do in a day. Uh -huh. and you build up to it. So batting skills to your tool belt, waking up early and uh, learning how to pivot. Yep. So for one second, I want to go back to what you said about um, waking up early in, in that time in the morning. Right. I like to call it the time that I get to be selfish because I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to attend to anyone else. It's my time to get better. It's my time to wake up. And one of the reasons I named uh, my podcast, The 5 a.m. Hustle, is because like you said, few people are up at 5 a.m. and actually the people that usually are up 5 a.m. are the ones that are getting better. They're the ones that are doing the most. And so I wanted to be able to separate myself and the people that listen to this from everyone else. Right. I like, oh, I see. I see now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I want, I want people, I want to have something that people can identify with because they'll get on the wave too. They'll start waking up early and they can understand what it really takes to get to that next level. It's huge. And it's also like when you get your mind to get, because in the morning, your body just wants to sleep. Mm -hmm. Your mind just wants to sleep. And when that is the biggest fight every morning. When you get up, you're like, I got this guy. This is an easy day. You yeah. know? So, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. And, but the funny thing is, like you said, with trying to go back to bed, your mind knows every weakness about you. That's, the, that's your one, like, that's the, your biggest enemy is your mind. And you need to be able to, do, to wake up early to do all these hard things, like you said, cold calling. To be able to get your mind to be able to fight the flinch of doing of not doing what you want to do, right? Which I think is so key. Couldn't agree with you more on that one, man. Couldn't agree with you more. Every morning, my mind is like, just go to sleep. Just, mm -hmm. just go to sleep. The mm -hmm. coronavirus is out. We're quarantined. You don't gotta wake up at like six a.m., five a.m. anymore. And I'm just like, ah, I don't feel good if I don't. So mm -hmm. uh, you have to. Yeah. My my favorite part about everyone being home for Corona right now. Is that now? If you if you don't get that goal you wanted to get done during this time period, clearly it wasn't because you didn't have enough time. Right. The, there's there's no excuses anymore. You have the time. The, depends what the goal is. Because if you need to go outside and be with people, it's a little different. But right. if you wanted to read a book, you want to do whatever. Now you don't have any excuses not to do that because you have as much time in the world. Exactly. Start <laughs> a podcast. That's why I, I'm I'm going harder than I ever been. So. That's awesome to hear, man. That, that inspires me as well. Like I said earlier, you are so, I'm so behind compared to the young, to, to you young ones, man. Oh God, I get upset. Just think about it. The competitiveness in me gets out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, don't, no worry about it. And the, and the funny thing is though, is that I, I tried to start this and get this going a while back. And then I felt like I, I was making an excuse. I didn't have time, whatever. But now with this time, I'm like, let's do it. And I'm trying to give other people the op that are younger the opportunity to do the same thing. Cause I don't want them to fall in the trap of procrastination. Man, that's that's a killer of everything. It's when you start thinking and procrastinating, and you start giving yourself reasons. Like you yep. said, your mind will just give you reasons to not do things. Like mm -hmm. I told you, I got a podcast studio right next door. Yep. I set up the whole podcast studio, and then I think I thought about stop not doing a podcast because getting guests is going to be difficult after like guest number six. I'm like, dude, get get to guest number six, yep. and then we'll figure it out. Why would you yep. just you know? I have to smack myself in the face. Yeah, there's, there's always a reason not to do something, but your reason to right. do it has to be greater than every other reason. Agreed. Yeah, it has to be your why, your purpose. It has to be greater than whatever objection that you have. Preach, brother. Preach. And it, it actually goes to show, you were talking about earlier and how the reason that you wanted to be wealthy or have money was because you wanted to support your family. You had the immigrant mentality. And I think too many people, especially that live maybe in the in, – the like my area in Naperville, yeah. they they were given a lot growing up. There a lot of kids are very privileged, and they never had to. They don't know the they don't know how hard it is to earn money. They don't know the value of a dollar. Okay, it's and so easy in America, man. You go to another country, you're yeah. like, what? I have to know that guy to even get the job opportunity. Uh -huh. What? <laughs> yep. Uh, so that is the huge advantage, man. When you're thinking that way, where you're like. 
Oh, there's opportunities everywhere. Man, there's, there's no country on this planet that I know of, at least, that you can at 19 years old, at 21 years old, get a license to sell real estate, and in that same year, go from zero to $100,000. Mm-hmm. It's only here. And, yep. you know, so when I see people, like, when I see homeless people, I get upset. I'm like, how can you be homeless? Mm-hmm. Again, I understand there's, you know, there's issues going on. But, like, let's say if you're a regular person, you have no problems, how can you be homeless in America? Mm-hmm. There's hiring signs everywhere, right? So, uh, you know, it just makes me upset because those people shouldn't have to suffer. Yeah, and it's, it's, I feel like it's the people that are, they're ignorant. They, they don't see the opportunity. They're blind to everything that's out there. Like I've talked to a few adults when, um, about what I've been doing lately and whatever, friends of friends of friends, and some of them didn't know what real estate investing was or they don't know like what it really is. And it's wild that, they, that people don't understand something that is what most wealthy people in America do. Sometimes age is just a number, Jack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got to keep that in mind. Yep. So, and, that, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be able to change the mindset of people that are trying to get into things like these. Because, I, like, like you said, you only went to two years of college. College is not for everybody. Right. A lot of people will still go. And, and in this area, a lot of people get their college paid for by their parents, which is good. Have the experience. But if, if it's free, you gotta go. <laughs> exactly. If you're collecting, if you're collecting debt and you don't know what you want to do, it may be hard to make that decision. Right. They don't know about these other opportunities, and so they need. We actually, need- talk about that because um, this is where I think I can help. Because you know, like you say, you want to keep it practical. Yeah. Um, so something I so I have to again, immigrant family means you gotta go to school, right? Mm-hmm. They sacrifice all this so you could go get educated and then get a decent job, live happily ever after, right? Yep. So at 19, I, at 19, I knew I was not going to continue going. I was going to community college, so I was not getting any debt. Everything I was paying for, so it was all good, right? But when I realized it was time to start, you know, either going to a university or making a decision here, obviously I went with the other option because I didn't want to accrue debt. Because so I'm like, that's going to put me in the negatives before I even start. And why would I want to do that to myself, yeah. right? But getting my, mom, my parents, not even, I should say my, my mom to understand that that's what I was going for was so difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, she literally told me, don't do it. You can't do it. Like I don't allow it. Right. Yeah. I was like, hold on a second. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be 20, 21 years old. <laughs> We're doing it because at the end of the day, it's your life. Right. So I know with, especially if you have parents uh, who are putting a lot of pressure on you to go to school, but you know, in your heart and you know, at the end of the day, you know, in your heart, if school's for you or not. Right. Yeah. And it's not free. If it's free, you should go. Why not take advantage of it? Mm-hmm. But if you have to go into debt, and you're going to have to learn something you don't really care about. And you can make the same amount of money you need, you know, not going to school. Don't do it. Listen to yeah. your heart. As hard as it is with your parents, understand they're looking out for your best interest. And in their heads, they see you as the child. Like they see the 21-year-old Aaron who's a dumb idiot, stupid <laughs> person, a naive individual who's simply ambitious, right? Who had all yeah. these dreams. Mm-hmm. But they're not really, they, they haven't yet seen that work ethic, yep. right? So once I, you know, once my mom saw me getting up at 5 a.m. every day, she's like, okay, he's taking this serious. And then all of a sudden that first check shows up, Mm -hmm. ideas start to change. So if you know you're going to do the work, don't worry about what your parents say. If you feel it's right, go for it. Just prove them wrong. You got to do the work. Show them that you're not playing around, that this is not a joke. You're taking it serious. And and people don't understand that when their parents are saying stuff like that, They're not trying to shut them down. They're coming out of a place of love and fear for your failure. No parent that I know wants their kid to fail and fall on their knees and not be successful. And real estate, being an agent, is one of those businesses where it is very easy to get knocked down time and time again and fail, especially in your first year. And when you're young, your parents think you're naive. And so I think kids need to have empathy for their parents and why they're doing, why they're saying all these things to them and why they don't want them to do this. Because at the end of the day, they have their own reasons and they may not know the same things, you know, but that's why you need to communicate. Well, you need to be able to have good relationship. And what Gary V says, sometimes you need to say, Hey, I'm doing this no matter what you think. And if you separate from them at that point, you'll probably save the relationship because they'll show, it'll show them a sense of, respect in in a way and they'll have to respect you as an adult instead of that kid that they helped grow up and raise. Yeah. 
I think it's a great mindset, brother. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have anything else um, to talk about when it comes to? Because I know you have a lot to talk about uh, making that decision when you're younger because it is so hard uh, to yeah. make that decision. Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, I guess we can touch on. Sorry, I just got a random message. There you go. Uh, I guess we can touch on like being young and how that's at an advantage for you, not really a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. If most of your audience is going to be in the teens, uh, they're probably thinking about like people aren't going to take them serious. And this is some issues I had at 21 years old. You're like, all right, who's going to take me serious? Who's going to mm-hmm. let me, you know, sell their house? And my ego wouldn't allow me to lower my commission more less than a premium rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, some things you will learn along the way is in the real world, the reality is nobody cares about how old you are. If they can see that you are taking it serious and you're going to put in the work and you can get them results. Yeah. Because in the real world, your age is legitimately just a number. You could be 18 and sell somebody, you know, sell a million dollars in real estate. Or you could be 48 and sell, I know so many people in their 40s who can't sell one house a year. Mm-hmm. Right? So age has got nothing to do with it. And if you're young, number one, you have that fire and you have that energy. You have youth which is impossible for anybody to get. Man, if I took this brain and I put it in my 18-year-old body, I would be so much further ahead, yeah. right? So don't limit yourself due to your age. Yeah, a few people may not hire you, but if you take yourself serious and you educate yourself and you get skilled, don't expect people to hire you. You have to earn it, right? But if you develop those skills, you're going to realize that nobody's even going to ask you your age because when you show up, you're prepared. You know the answer to every question they ask. You're not stuttering. You're not worried about anything. That shows professionalism. So let your actions uh, speak for you. You don't necessarily have to do a lot of work. Yeah, and I think sense. Yeah, and it makes a ton of sense. And I think if you value your age, they're gonna value your age. Exactly. So if you come prepared and you know that you know your stuff, you have the confidence. They they may ask once and they'd be like, "What? Like this kid's doing this much at this age? I can't believe it. I can't believe it." But at the same time, they'll respect it because yeah. they'll understand what you had to go through because you may have to go through a little extra in preparation and all that other stuff because it could be seen as a weakness because you may look younger or seem as if you don't have enough experience in the field. That's good. That probably is the only thing that could really be an actual weakness. Everyone's going to have a disadvantage and everyone's going to have an advantage no matter who you are. So you just yeah. got to you know, lower those disadvantages as best you can and mm-hmm. hype up those advantages because you, you have them and no matter where you are in your career. When you're 40, but well, there's going to be another 17 year old Jack. He's <laughs> going to have that advantage of youth on you, right? He's going to be able yep. to relate to that younger audience a lot better than yep. you could possibly ever try, right? So it's all, it's all in your head. Yep. And the, the last thing I kind of want to touch on, or the yep. last few things, is that I, I heard this in one of your videos and I, I literally loved it. You said, Every time something goes wrong, it makes my future book better. I love this. Oh, I can't believe you saw that. Okay. That, that, okay. That's hype. That's hype. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Ask your question. I, 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 I just want to know where that came from and why you believe that so much because it's amazing. So going back to the fact that I'm an attention whore, right? I always okay. wanted to – what a big attention whore I am. I want to write a book about myself, right? <laughs> so I figured I'm like, all right, a book – that's got no conflict. It's not a good book. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. a movie that's got no downs. It's not fun. Uh-huh. Like, what's the point? You know, if somebody starts at the top and remains at the top, the entire movie, no one's going to watch it. Uh-huh. Right. So my theory was, all right, that's another story I can add to my, to my future. Cause I do want to write a book. One, I want to be a published author. That's like a bucket list item. Yep. So when something goes wrong, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't wait to tell people like how, how what I was feeling at the moment. And then how I pulled through it, right? Yeah. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. And then I, so every time something horrible happens, like, like the coronavirus, because it's a relative topic, right? I, I'm like, oh, going in the book. You know, I was about to have my best year yet. Hey, <laughs> with the coronavirus. But somehow still had my best year yet, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I want to put in my book. So that's why I always think about it that way. And it helps. Yeah. You like, get excited about it instead of like, oh, it fell apart. <laughs> You, you, should start, like you should start writing these preliminary chapters so you got all the, all the information correct, you know? And that's the point of the YouTube channel, so I don't forget nothing. Uh-huh. Yep, about, yep. You know? that's perfect. And then the other thing that I love what you said is that you said everything that I do or need to do, I want to learn myself because I want to add it to my toolbox. Can you explain that? A thousand percent, yep. So 
Man, I get so many agents. Uh, I, mostly people who reach out to me are going to be real estate agents. And they're always asking me, like, easier ways to do things, right? Yep. And I hire somebody to do my marketing for me. Uh, I want to hire this guy for $15 a month to do my Facebook ads. Or I want to hire this guy, pay him $8 an hour to do the cold calls for me. And what you're forgetting is, then that's totally fine. Obviously, at some point, you're going to want to leverage your time, right? But if you don't have those skills in yourself, you're not going to be able to train anybody to do it at a level you need it to get done. So mm -hmm. you're essentially wasting your money, right? Yeah. And if you don't have, like, for example, right now, if real estate, like, doesn't exist anymore, right? I can take my uh, video editing skills, production skills, podcast stuff, sales skills. I can take it to any industry and use those same skills, right? Yeah. But if you don't develop yourself as an individual then you're no longer an asset to anybody who's going to hire you, right? You're a liability because you have no skills. And at the end of the day, skills pay the bills. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Well, it's so true. Yeah, because, I mean, all you could really be is the person, the person in charge who tells you what to do. But if you don't know the information, if that person all of a sudden has to leave for some reason and you can't fill that spot right away, who's going to do the work? Is there going to let your business suffer? You can't, uh, a lesson I learned in business is you cannot be dependent on other people because uh -huh. not everyone's going to have the same work ethic or is going to care about your business as much as you are. And uh, you also never want to lose that control. That, that's, that's very, very important. Yeah. And then at the same time, once you know, like how to market something, right? Yeah. Now it's time, let's say you've got all the skills. Now it's time for you to leverage your time, right? Because mm -hmm. now you've got to focus on the, you know, high income activities. Yep. Well, since you know how to run Facebook ads, you'll know the difference between someone who's just, you know, BSing you and someone that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, the job hire. That's when your money goes to better use. And then you're, you six, that's why someone who's like, that's why they say if you make a million once, making it a second time is infinitely easier. Uh -huh. Now you have the skills. You know where to go. You know where to put your money to get to where you needed to go. Yep. I love that. That's great. I mean, it makes so much sense. Uh, and then the last thing I, I want you to talk about is I want you to give your one piece of advice that you could give your younger self, or if, if you don't want to be your younger self, someone that just is starting at a very young age. Yeah. What would be my piece of advice? I'll go to myself, but I can apply it to everybody because I, I, I know what was going through, our, through my head. Mm -hmm. I, would give, uh, the, I would say stay consistent, and I'll give myself the same advice I mentioned earlier is do not focus on the results. Just keep your eye on the actions. Because uh, one thing that caused me to have a, a few dips in the, in the last few years is the inconsistency of the work, right? Okay. I would yeah. have like months where I'm on fire and then like the business would come so easy. Also, I'm making 13, 13 grand this month, nine grand this month, you know, and I'm just like, it's too easy. It's too easy. Mm -hmm. I stopped doing the work, things that got me there. Right. So what I would, the advice I'd give myself is never stop working. Even when you're making the money now, you have to keep working to keep that pipeline flowing. Otherwise there will be a point where it stops. And that also goes in um, to the fact you said that what you do now will impact your results six months later. Not right now. Right. You got, Oh, I guess another, that, Never mind. I want to take it back. I want to give two okay. sets of advice. All right. Amazing. We love it. Wor worry about the actions, you know, everything I just said, mm -hmm. but also keep your head thinking long-term. Nothing's going to happen in the first six months, right? Or mm -hmm. in any six month increments. If I start doing ads or let's say if I cold called start today, right? You shouldn't expect anything to happen for six months because you just started building that pipeline. Now where I made my mistakes is like, let's say I would spend six to nine months and I would build a pipeline that gives me enough leads. That's going to give me a lot of business, right? And then once I start getting the business and I'm making money, like I don't even have to, I just get the phone call, show them the house, sell them the house, easy, right? Yeah. So you fall into that trap of like, oh, it's always going to be like this. Uh -huh. And you stop cold calling. Well, you get to the point where all of a sudden you've already, you know, depleted your, your pipeline, you could say, and now you have nothing. And then you realize not only do you have nothing today, you have nothing for another six months. So the yeah. second you stop, so does the little circle, right? So mm -hmm. you got to keep the consistency uh, going. And it's, I can't figure out a way to, you know, stop myself from doing that. So if I can smack myself silly and get myself to stay so on track that for like three years straight, I'm doing the exact same thing. Oh man, I would be in the stratosphere right now. 
So, so what you're saying is you want, you want to get people to make the decision on what they need to do each and every day right. and be consistent with that every day because they're not going to see the results. Preach. And then I'm going to give third, third piece of advice, but this is more practical. Sorry. I just, no, it's coming I, out of I me. love it. No, keep going if you want to keep okay. going. Uh, schedule. So when you're self-employed, as a young individual who's uh, easily distracted, mm-hmm. and uh, again, if most of the people are, wa- are watching are teens, you probably know how to use this <laughs> very well. So uh, I got easily distracted and I started, that's what led me to procrastinating more and more and more. So one practical thing you could do is just like you would treat a job, treat yourself as your employee and set a schedule. Like I said, like, and you got to stick to this schedule, right? So if your schedule says 7 a.m., let's say you have a job. And if your schedule says 7 a.m., you got to get to that job at 7 Mm a.m. I don't care if you party last night or if you didn't feel like it, you're going to get up and you're going to go to work. But when you switch to being self-employed, it's so much harder to get there at 7 a.m. But when you set yourself a schedule and you're able to stick to it, it adds structure to your day, which allows you to get all the things you need to get done in a very efficient way. So that way you're not in the office for nine hours, but you've really only done like 30 minutes worth of work. Yeah. And that's key. And I think that's what people who are, have their own like small personal goals, that's what they fall in the trap of. They don't have an employer barking on them to get into work at a certain time or, or go work out in the morning or wake up early, like you were saying, or get a clean diet. They don't have someone that's keeping that regimen for them. And I actually, I actually want to talk to talk to you about this. How do you schedule your day? What's your process in scheduling your day? Like priority tasks? Like how do you decide that? So uh, I'll do it what I did in the first year and then what I do now, because it is a, diff- a little bit different, right? Okay. So in the first year, Forget about the morning routine. We get to the office around 7 a.m., right? So my goal was every day we have to generate, do lead generation, whether that's whatever. It could be anything you want, right? For me, it was cold calling. So between 7 to 9 a.m., I was prepping the list I was going to cold call, and I was practicing my scripts, right, just to make sure I was on point. And I was also maybe watching videos for, like, other people role-playing or things like that. And I would obviously role-play as well in between that time, right? Mm -hmm. And then from 9 to 12, that was my lead generation uh, time. So I'm cold calling from 9 to 12, and that's the most important part of my day. If I don't do anything and I do the lead generation, that is an extremely productive day, right? Because without that, there's no one to follow up with. There's no business to be had. There's no reason to role play. What are you doing, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that would end around 12. Then I would go for lunch because you have to eat and you are a human being and you need a break. Yeah. And then I would come back and do all that work that's like not as urgent, right? Whether that's follow up paperwork uh if you have a showing if you have an appointment appointment's urgent but you get my point yeah right uh, and i would put all the hard work all the uh, like things that are very important as early in the day as possible because there's no way you can control what's going to happen in the afternoon and in the evening time mm-hmm. oh my god there's so many times i'm like you know what around two o'clock i'll start calling i get a call at 1 30 that i need to show a place at three I'm like, well there goes that you yeah. know so put everything in the beginning and that's the way i did it and now it's the same structure, you could say. I'm, I try to get in the office around 7, 7.30, a little bit later, uh, but just because my commute's longer right now. And then let's say I get in at 7.30, between 7.30 to 10, um, that's when I'm doing my filming because there's nobody here to distract me. There's no reason for me to talk to anybody. That's when I film. That's when I try to get the editing done. That's when I schedule showings for my buyers. Um, and then I also, if I have to role play, I guess I'll role play. So I'll do all that work there, right? Come 10 o'clock. Now, I'll be honest, uh, before Corona, I was only prospecting an hour, hour and a half a day. So between 10 to like 1130-ish, I would prospect and then I'd go get some lunch. And then the afternoon was for follow-ups, more video editing, maybe social media and uh, things along those lines, showings. As you get in the business more, all of a sudden your evenings end up being all showings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it becomes easier to fill out your calendar, but that's how I do it. Notice I still kept the prospecting in the beginning of the day. And it still exists. You have to have it in your schedule. Yeah. So, so kind of what you're saying is that you want to do as well the hard stuff at the beginning of the day so you kind of get it over with as well, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more annoying than like, you know, you've had those moments where you're like, okay, I got to call George. I got to tell George just a bit of bad news. But I'll call him at 5 p.m. today when I'm good and ready. But all day, all you can think about is calling George at 5 p.m. Yep. Maybe I just called George at 730. But I realize <laughs> that George doesn't quite care. <laughs> and you're going to move on with your life. And yeah. then the whole day is not ruined and you don't have to be anxious. Uh-huh. I wish somebody told me that when I was young. 
I guess my fourth piece of advice. <laughs> and Mark Twain is the quote where he says, if you eat a frog in the morning, the rest of your day is going to be easy, you know? Like, you're going to have nothing else that's harder. I think that's, like, the prospecting thing, you know? Absolutely. I yeah, because yeah, just so some listeners understand, if they don't know what cold calling is on prospecting, can you just tell them real quick? Sure. Uh, so, if you're, I guess if you're in real estate or anything, it's basically picking up the phone and calling a complete stranger who doesn't know you, doesn't like you, doesn't trust you, and you have to build trust and likability with them on the phone within seconds, and you have to do it, and you have to call so many people that you get to the right person at the right time that wants to do something. That's cool. I, I, yeah, and I want, people, I want people to understand that, like, you can call 100 people, and none of them may sell you or, like, help have you sell or buy buy a house you may call so many people and none of them are going to be that person that's what's so interesting about this business because it's that's so true man it's it's down to volume right Mm -hmm. Uh, so like you can't rely on you have to call you have to if someone says no to you you can't just be like i made five phone calls today yeah five people there's nothing for you right Mm -hmm. but if you do volume eventually you're going to get to that uh, to that individual who's interested and once you get to that individual it's a different conversation. Uh-huh. Like, for example, if I call someone and say, hey, I'm just wondering if you have any plans of selling in the next year or so, and they have plans of selling, I can sense that like right away. Maybe they will reply with, not right now. That's all I need to hear. Yep. Eventually, you will sell. And that's a lead to follow up with. Right? Yep. So if you, I, can, I guess I can apply this to like advertisements in general, right? If you have a Facebook ad, I guess an impression may not lead to a lead, right? Yep. But you need a certain amount of impressions to get in front of enough people to get those people to fill out a form and then you get a lead. Mm-hmm. It's the same with prospecting, except since you're young, you got nothing else to do with your time. Spend three hours on the phone, get your impressions up, and you'll get leads. Oh, I got to use that's going on a video. That is a cool phone. <laughs> yeah. And the, the way for young people, I like to think about understanding it is that it's like when you're trying to do, have you ever seen like Dude Perfect doing like a trick shot? That takes yeah. them forever. But all the only reason they're gonna get it is by just keep trying to throw that ball, whatever, into the hoop. Got to go in eventually. Exactly, it's got to go in eventually. That's the mindset. And so, as long as you keep shooting, keep making calls, eventually you're gonna get the person uh, that says, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna do this. Let's go." And they may Absolutely. not be doing it right away. They may be doing it in the future. But at least you have that. Yeah, I love that. Fifth piece of advice. Sorry. No, I love it. No, you're fine. Uh, follow up, man. I lost so much money. And I continue to lose so much money uh, due to improper follow-up systems, right? They say, you know, like, let's say I call 68 people, right? Let's say 50 people a day and 45 of them could care less to hang up the phone, right? Five of them say, yeah, eventually I'll sell. But at the end, I'm in a business where everybody could be a client. Every human, you could be a client in three years for all I know, right? Mm -hmm. But am I going to follow up with you long enough for when it's the right time for you I'm there. And that's the key. So with these calls, you're not really worried about now business. Now it will, if you do the volume, it will come. It's inevitable. Like you say, you shoot enough, eventually it'll go in. But what you're looking to do is build that pipeline for the future. So as I just talked to George today and he's not interested in selling, but in the beginning of next year, he is, that is a much easier phone call. I call him January 1st. They're like, Hey George, you told me you're looking to sell. What can we do? He's like, well, yeah, call me in a couple of weeks. I want to get my house on the market. So that and you that's that's where the real business is. That's where eighty percent of your business is going to come from if you do it right. I'm the idiot who's surviving on twenty percent because I didn't do it right. Definitely didn't do it right my first year. Kind of figured it out my second year, and I think I got a good grip on it. You know, towards the end of my third year, and now fourth year, we're making things things happen. Yeah. And when you follow, you realize it's a lot easier than uh, than you thought. Yeah, and, and it goes with consistency too because you want to be the person that pops in their head when they think of selling their house. Because if yep. you're consistent and you build a relationship with that person, they're going to be so much more likely to be like, oh, Aram, I got him. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. He, talk, he talks to me all the time. He's such a nice guy. Guy's on my ass 24-7. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, you have to do, it's like, that's a completely different, that's, we could go in 40 minutes on that, but you just have to be creative with it, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not bothering people, but at the same time, you are, you're there when they need you, right? Or when they're going to need you, you kind of, you're ahead of the ball on that one. Because you got to reach out to them. Because in the follow-up, that's when you make the money. No one's going to call you back. you got to call them. Yep. I mean, 
I think that doesn't matter. If you want to say any closing remarks or any last piece of fifth, sixth, seventh piece of advice, if you want to, go ahead. Man, six, seven pieces. Of <laughs> There's okay. I got this. All right, we'll end with this then. Uh, when you get in business, there's multiple ways to get business in any industry. There's like a bajillion ways to get clients or customers, whatever you want to call it. Right? You got to understand everything works if you if you actually put in the time and the consistency and the effort to make it work. There's a bunch of people who fail at cold calling. And there's a bunch of people who make money. There's a bunch of people who suck at the social media and don't make any money. And a bunch of people who do. Doesn't mean the, the platform doesn't work. It's you got to take responsibility and uh, just understand that going in that everything works. It's to, up to you to make things happen. Everyone wants that secret tip that's going to make them a million dollars. Doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Long, it's grueling. It's hard. But when you get there, it's not so hard. It was all worth it. Exactly. And I'll, I'll let you take the floor if you want to plug any of your social medias or tell them where to find you realtor wise, whatever, go ahead. Gotcha. So if you want like a day by day, you know, just for fun, you don't, you don't want to get, get on YouTube. Instagram is the best place to either contact me with the DMS or just see what I'm doing every day. That's Aram G realty. And then uh, if you want to watch the actual content content, I do a vlog and I do an informative video every week. And that's on my YouTube. Just look up my name, Aram Gazarian. And then if you want humor, go to my TikTok. I have a lot of fun. I made a funny one. Did you see the TikTok today? I did. I'm a flirt. <laughs> and that'll be it, man. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and doing this. This was, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, Aram, I appreciate it. I mean, this, was, this exceeded my expectations. It was a great conversation. I hope that um, I can have you on in the future and that um, – we continue to connect uh, and plus you're in the area as well, which is amazing. So hopefully we, we got me hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can continue this, continue this relationship. That's it for me. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and that's the end of the five hustle podcast. Thank you.